Hello and welcome to How to Start Up, a podcast for anyone starting a company. This is a collection of conversations with people who have all successfully started, run and even sold their own companies, sharing not only professional but personal experiences on what we should be doing now, next or never. Hosted by me, Juliet Fallowfield, founder of PR consultancy for startups, Fallowfield and Mason. In this episode, we hear from Hannah Aykroyd, founder and managing director of the award-winning property advisory, Aykroyd & Co. Hannah has many years' experience advising high-net-worth private clients on prime London real estate transactions. And now four years into her own business, her clients range from private individuals to family offices, investors and developers, both domestic and internationally based. Hannah shares with us her thoughts on the freedoms starting a company can afford, especially when it comes to also starting a family, and highlights the fundamental importance of bringing on a team as soon as possible. Hi Hannah, thank you so much for joining How to Start Up today. It would be great if you could start by introducing yourself and your company. Hi Jules, thank you very much for having me. My name is Hannah Aykroyd and I'm the founder of Aykroyd & Co. We are a property advisory firm and I founded it in spring 2018. What was it that spurred you on to start your own company? I feel very lucky uh, in terms of how the company was started. So the background is that I was uh, a director for a leading property advisory firm called Van Han. RMDs were poached. On the back of that, I was able to set up a property advisory firm with a running start. So we were transacting on clients in that first month of trading. I had no downtime. I had no gardening leave like many have to endure. And uh, I was able to hit the ground running. What gave you this idea for this company? Was it something you had done for other companies and it was just something that you knew you wanted to do for yourself? The background is I studied law. Did you? I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is quite helpful now in my job. Uh, I speak to solicitors pretty much every single day. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I studied law and then moved into property and uh, originally started on the sales side. Quickly realised that I was working for the wrong person I was getting frustrated by uh, having to, to paper over the cracks uh, and any issues with a particular property and quickly realised that I wanted to be acting for the buyer uh, and to really represent their interests. And that prompted a move across to the buying side about eight years ago now, and I haven't looked back. So I've worked for two previous buying agencies. I then set up my own and we are now ranked in the top 10 across the UK and we are one of the few truly independent property advisory firms uh, and now also one of the largest buy teams that focus purely on Prime Central London. That's incredible. So when you say property advisory, is this, and I don't want to disparage what you do is it sort of personal shopping for property it's a great way of putting it (laughs) yes so we we act on behalf of the buyer so if for instance you were to if you if you were looking for a house uh, or an apartment uh, in say kensington uh, we would be representing you and we would go out to the entire market and work on it for about two weeks uh, preview sort of 30 40 50 properties on your behalf uh, mainly off market and we'd come back to you with a report of, say, uh, eight properties, and then we'd work through those on a call ahead of taking you out on a concise tour. And because we spend so long uncovering every property that is potentially available in the market, both on and off market, uh, our clients feel really comfortable quite often 
uh, with us negotiating on one of those properties in that first tour. So we're really here to save our clients time because no one has any time these days. Very true. Uh, so time and money. Given that you were doing a similar career before, but just for somebody else's business and you were starting your own, what was the first thing you did when you set up your own business? One of the first things I did was to hire a remote PA who is actually still with me nearly four years later, and she has been invaluable. She sort of knows my business inside out. And presumably knows you inside out as well as a person. She certainly does, yes. (laughs) So she helps support me with the business um, and also does a lot of personal uh, PA work for me as well and just has full access to everything and has saved me so much time and is just a great support. But just to have someone really at that um, early stage was just critical. I know I need that, but I also know it's a huge, huge trust that I would put in somebody to give them basically keys to the castle. Well, I mean, it's keys to the cabin, let's say, right now. Uh, How do you know that you found the right person to bring into your team, given that they are part-time and remote? It's a really good question. Uh, She actually is a little bit more than remote, so she will come into the office uh, usually for half a day a week. So she really has got to know the team very well. I'm a trusting person and quite finely attuned to reading people. And I just got a good sense from her. And a lot of it's gut instinct. And I also know when certain team members in the past haven't worked out and have been quick to to make decisions there. But uh, I think a lot of it is gut instinct. You alluded to the fact that that was one of the first things. Were there other things you did right at the beginning? that you'd recommend news founders do too? Well, sitting down my husband, who is the best business mentor I could possibly hope for, given he is an investor. So I really sat down with him and sort of just worked out my strategy, wrote down a business plan, and obviously worked up on company's house, did all the paperwork. And really, that's where Rachel came in at the outset. And was there an incredible piece of advice that you were given when you were starting out? And does that still hold true today? Delegate. Uh, Delegating is key. So someone said to me, is your time worth it? Is this the best use of your time? If not, delegate. Work out what your personal hourly rate is. So what are you hoping to bill for that year? Break it down, obviously, (laughs) um, putting holidays into that as well. What is your time worth? And it's a really great way of making you quite clinical about how you spend your time. How do you stay inspired with being self-employed, given it is a lot of hard work and you have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and that your business has gone through the pandemic? How have you managed to keep keeping yourself invigorated about it? Yes, I I think a lot of it is about speaking with friends like yourself uh, who've also been brave and set up their own businesses, just being able to sort of share ideas with each other and such a huge support for me. And for me to stay inspired I need to have balance in my life. And a big part of my release is playing tennis regularly. I play competitive tennis sort of three, four, five times a week. And actually, when the tennis club was shut during the pandemic, I genuinely found it really difficult um, that I wasn't playing tennis and not having that outlet. So another element as well is really just having a fantastic team. And Nearly four years later now, I I genuinely feel I have the best team that I've had to date. And that is so exciting. Given that you have many years under your belt and you're very experienced in what you do, do you still feel the need to continually learn or upskill? Is that something you try and challenge yourself with? That's huge. It really is. I, I think that is the critical 
point actually we are advisors and obviously i'd come from the sales side most of my team has come from the sales side and candidly on the on the buying side we are expected to know so much more you know we are expected to know well overview on sort of tax and financing and planning and sort of heritage sort of listed buildings and and clearly we will always pull in the right team of trusted professionals to wrap around each client and Clearly, we cannot give financial advice, but we are expected to know a certain amount uh, and to, to help advise a client alongside um, a relevant professional. So, for instance, yesterday we, we ended up having a working lunch with an independent valuation surveyor that we work very closely with. And we also had our planning expert actually come in um, yesterday afternoon into the office as well. Uh, it, it's it is week in, week out. We are always um always learning uh and importantly as well as a team we're all out on the ground any new nugget of information i really encourage everyone to share that constantly and i think that is where being part of a team is just so important in whatever you do just having someone to sort of bounce ideas around and share knowledge is 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 key do you have any advice on information sharing given that we are remote first working in this new world that we find ourselves in yes well I think, again, because we've been in property, we've been very lucky. We've been obviously been able to be back in the office quite early on, uh, more so than most. Uh, so we're actually, we've been in the office for three days a week uh, for quite a while now. And it is really as easy as just copying each other into emails or we've obviously got a WhatsApp group for the team as well, which is which is very busy <laughs> with information sharing. Uh, and it, that's really the sort of main basis of it. We also um, have two team meetings as well in person, Monday and Thursday mornings. And a section of that as well is, is sharing any information that, that someone's sort of gleaned in the week. You're four years into running your own company now, very successfully, and you've gone from strength to strength. And I've seen your team grow and it's so exciting what you're achieving. But what would you say is the most surprising thing you've learned about yourself since becoming your own boss? It's a good question. And I think actually it, it's it's learning to juggle everything because not only have I set up a business which takes off a huge amount of sort of time and effort and energy. I also had two children. I've had two boys. So I have a one-year-old and I also have a two-and-a-half-year-old. So you have a four-year-old, a two-and-a-half-year-old and a one-year-old, one being a business. <laughs> Pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> I do say this to to anyone that I talk about this with is that I, I see myself as having three children. You're thinking about all three constantly. And it's a real juggle. Um, you never really switch off, but I, I don't really mind that. Do you have any brilliant advice for how to manage external stakeholders? Strong communication skills underpin a business and we are a service business. And so I drill that into the team constantly we really try to to not pick up the phone to our clients too often because the whole reason one of the main reasons they have us on board is to save them time so strong communication skills with them keeping them updated even when there isn't a real update it's just dropping them a quick message or an email just to say that you're on the case they don't need to worry about it um, and you will update them when you do have a full update uh, just not letting people hang there sort of wondering um, if you're doing your job. When we're reporting to a client or at any stage during uh, the purchase, uh, we'll often sort of write a, a summary of what we want to talk about. 
to schedule a call and to discuss that briefly. So at least they've then also had time to to think it through and we can be really succinct on our call and they can then get on with their day. And language, the use of written language is critical um, and keeping something very short. Again, clients are really time poor. They don't want a long verbose email. It's being very structured, very clear what you want out of that email uh, and indeed the conversation. It's something that I've caught myself doing actually in my role because less is more and as much as I work with words on a minute by minute basis the shorter and snappier the email the more likely you're going to land that coverage because people can skim it go oh yeah peaked interest because that email just needs to get you to that next step of the reply that needs to get you to the whatever you need it to get to but I think you can get so excited about things and people write these long emails that no one has time to read anymore so you're so right on that front if you had your time over again in the last four years, is there anything you wouldn't do again? Yes, I ended up expanding into a new service line. I gave it two years. And again, I was quite clinical about it. It wasn't working for me dealing with a lot of problems in this sort of particular line of the business. And so I closed it. That took quite a lot of courage. Um, I, I wouldn't say it was a failure, but but if it was a big decision to make. And it has been a massive weight of my shoulders and absolutely the right decision. And actually, you, you test something and you, you obviously want your business to grow and you sort of go down this sort of new service offering. Uh, and actually, it's just realizing when you need to come back to that initial strategy of wanting to be the very best, in our case, very best property advisory firm. And obviously, the main focus being buying, and then we handle rental searches and not getting distracted by other offerings. What do you enjoy the most about being your own boss? I'm not answerable to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a big part of it. Uh, I'm a very decisive person. This I know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it's a Dutch side. Um, I'm also quite direct, uh, but I'm, I'm very decisive and most of the time pretty efficient as well. I just want to make a decision and, and crack on with it. And I think being self-employed as well, it's sort of, you, you create this wonderful business that you're so excited about and you're just nurturing the whole time. You've got these really exciting goals that you want to fulfill and that's just such a privilege and what do you enjoy the least the hours yeah <laughs> you never switch off you know all about this as well yeah. and that has been really really full-on however again I kind of feel like I've reached a sort of turning point actually where I've invested into building out the team further over the summer so I've employed a further two people and that has given me much needed breathing space to wind down my hours to, I would say, relatively normal working hours. I still sometimes clock well over midnight and, and, and I'll put in those long hours and that's absolutely fine. But um, I was doing it day and night previously and it was just unsustainable. I was, I was on to burnout. Finding that, that balance again is, is so critical. Uh, I have also now uh, taken on an external consultant to help me, which has been hugely beneficial. Uh, and I'm also taking on a non-exec director as well. Uh, so I suppose I will have someone to answer to in some <laughs> respects, but having someone to help guide me, keep me on track with the strategy that we've agreed will be super helpful. And, and just having that support around you, because it it can be very lonely when you're a sole owner of a business. This is really interesting <laughs> to say. A lot of people I've interviewed and spoken to is like, God, you're really brave doing it on your own. I could never have done it on my own. I had to have a business partner. I, I wanted to have a business partner. And I was like, 
God, no, I think I would probably have killed someone within the first week. I mean, the podcast for me has been my counsel and it's been my mentor and everyone has given me such incredibly useful and kind advice. The loneliness when you are working to midnight and you're like, what am I doing this for? And there isn't anyone else to say, no, no, you've got this. I think that's where the recruiting element comes in. And you, Hannah, have been an incredible source of support for me. So being able to have friends around you that can be like, no, no, you're on the right track. Keep going. (laughs) It's been amazing. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, But I completely hear your point as well. There's just no way I would have ever set up this business with someone else. Uh, I I think I'm too too independent like you to do that. Independent is a very positive (laughs) word for stubborn. (laughs) I think also there are a lot of businesses that are set up by two people. And at some point, if it's 50-50, that can get quite locked. Uh, Mm. There's there's no sort of escape route, really. And having sort of sole ownership of a business, you are totally in control. Mm. Uh, Well, you can scale when you want. You can sell when you want. Yes. You can pull back when you want. It's... And you can sense check it with people, but no one else has the right to say yes or no. And I think that's when people are looking for investment. It's like, be careful because you then have other people that have a a vote, Mm. which is always something to consider. I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about the fact that you have run a successful company and had two kids at the same time. Is starting your own company quite liberating and also starting your own family? Yes, I I don't think there's a perfect solution for anyone. And I really think that you've got to look at the long term view and know your worth and any future employer is so lucky to have you. And yes, fine, you're going to take a bit of time out for maternity leave, but it's such a small chunk. And if you're looking at it with a long term view. And from my perspective, we obviously set up the business and I ended up having our first sort of sooner than I was expecting to. Uh, but that was actually fine. Uh, but did I give myself a proper break? No, I, I mean, I really did take a day. Uh, and then I was trying to withdraw from client meetings, not particularly successfully because I had a Hong Kong client fly over um, when I'd given birth two weeks previously. So I ended up spending an afternoon with him. I mean, it's absolutely mad. Honestly, it just makes me shudder thinking about it now. But um, but you do these slightly crazy things. And actually, with the second, I was like, right, I'm going to take try and take sort of three months off. I ended up actually taking the email uh, app totally off my phone. And so I couldn't even access my emails. And my husband actually pretty much forced me to do that as a way to, to get me just to, to stop because I... I I think most entrepreneurs just don't know when to stop, really. Well, it becomes muscle memory as well. You can't, your phone always needs you. It's like an ant's nest. You send an email, there's 10 more. It's never not going to need you. So you have to draw that boundary with it. (laughs) That's true. And actually someone uh, recently, a good friend said, you need a work phone and a personal phone and it will change your life. And I've had that sort of working for someone else. But for me, that's just a total anathema because you live and breathe it. I'm very aware the screen time issue is a big one for me. But I think that's where it comes into recruitment again, getting the right people to be able to pull things from you and be like, right, that's in safe hands. Is there any last piece of advice, a golden nugget that you'd like to offer a new founder? I think the key is you have to really love what you're doing. Um, you've got to be passionate about it. Uh, I absolutely love property. I love looking around properties. I love advising clients. I genuinely love what I do. Uh, so it doesn't really feel like work. And that would be my biggest piece of advice to anyone. Thank you, Hannah, so much. I've really enjoyed our conversation today and wish you very, very best of luck. Thank you very much, Jules. It's been a pleasure. 
If you'd like to contact Hannah, you'll find all of her details in the show notes, along with a recap of the advice she has so kindly shared. Thank you for listening to How to Start Up. I hope these conversations offer you some confidence, encouragement and reassurance that you're on the right track. If you enjoy this podcast, I'd be so appreciative if you were to rate, review and subscribe as it will really help other people starting a company discover it.